Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much for joining me as always for our latest podcast. And today we are talking digital employee experience. We're going to talk with Andrew Avanesian from uh, AppLearn, who's the Chief Executive Officer of AppLearn, because they've written a very interesting white paper. But what I need to do, as always, is have a partner in crime when we do these podcasts. And she's shaking her head on the uh, on the visuals that we've got, because she knows what I'm about about to say, Emily Onis, do you want to be the Green Hornet or Cato? I only know who one of those is. Cato <laughs> is his Cato is his sidekick. <laughs> well, that would make sense. But um, uh, I'll go for Cato. Go on, I'll go for someone who I don't know much You're about. Let me be the Green Hornet this week. Lovely. Okay. So um, <laughs> is that this a good is thing? The... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It might be a good thing. It might be a good thing. Of course, it's Emily Onis, who is our executive director, our client executive director at Lace Partners here. Shall we bring Andrew in before we delve down into a rabbit yeah. hole of talking about Green Hornet and Cato and things like that? Andrew, how are you doing? You all right? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the on the podcast. Now, of course, we're going to talk about the uh, white paper, which we'll put in the show notes. And when we release the podcast, we'll also put a link to the white paper itself, which you can download from AppLearn's web, App website, which is called, the white paper itself is called The Hidden Cost of Digital Employee Experience. Now, before we go delve into some of the details of the actual white paper itself, yep. can we get a bit of a background on yourself? And then also, if you can give us a little bit of a, a one minute overview of uh, AppLearn as well, just for those. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is Andrew Avanessian, CEO here at AppLearn. What we are is a digital adoption platform, and we essentially allow organizations to apply a, an intelligent support experience layer across all of their enterprise applications, enabling employees to basically get support in the flow of work and reducing the amount of time it takes people to complete tasks, essentially, in in complex enterprise environments ultimately. And it would be really, really interesting, Andrew, today to explore some of the nuggets, I guess, some of the statistics, some of the insights from your, yep. your recent white paper. Um, so I guess if we start kind of with the, the broader piece around some of the, the key findings, one of the things that, that I'd love to know before we do that is what really instigated this particular piece of research that you've done? Yeah, okay. So the, obviously we... There's a couple of things there, really. So we speak to enterprise organizations day in, day out, and we hear, you know, the trials and the problems that people have to go through using software. So there's a couple of things that we wanted to do. So the report is, as you said in the title, it's about the hidden cost of the digital employee experience. We wanted to put some data behind what we're seeing in the field, put some data behind the anecdotes that we're seeing from, from the organizations and the employees and the, the, the business leaders that we speak to. There's two aspects to the report. One was a, a YouGov survey that looked at, that spoke to 2,000 um, employees and also our data coming from our platform. And then and that looks at 2 million AppLearn users and the experiences they, they have. So that we wanted to apply some data to what we're seeing in the field. And then if you look at the actual report, that what it's all about is it's 
it's the voice of the employee. So when you often speak to organizations and organizations say things like, you know, we want to improve efficiency, we want to, um, you know, increase growth, et cetera. They often don't look at the employee experience. They don't consider that side of the fence. And if you think about an organization, your biggest asset, your most important asset is your employees. And actually what we found, especially with a with a pandemic, post-pandemic world, maybe if you can even say that, because it's still, obviously it's still, still ongoing, but we found that organizations have gone through this huge digital transformation over the course of the past two years and not really taken the employee experience into, into account. So when you look at the report, you'll see it's got a myriad of data and statistics around lost time and costs of employees actually doing the job. So that's really why we wrote it to bring that to life. Brilliant. Um, and we'll delve into some of that, obviously, in more detail in our in our conversation today. But it's probably not surprising to, to most people listening that given COVID, you know, the digital expansion, I guess, and use of digital tools has increased rapidly, probably more so than we, we ever thought it would do. But to your point, I do wonder if some of those statistics and insights that come through the report highlight that maybe we've been a bit too quick to do some of that and has it been yep. thought through enough you know have we really focused on making the right investments at the right time for the right reason and using i guess all different data points to help inform that yep. um so one of the one of the interesting statistics from your report is just how much time we spend using technology and i guess that varies based on what what industry and what job you do but i suppose within that if we are using technology how can we really look at what data that we've got to help us think about the return on investment in improving the employee experience? And is it, can you make that tangible? And I, I know you explore that a little bit uh, in the report, so I really would would welcome your thoughts on that from the ROI so short, short answer to that question is yes, and let me kind of expand expand yes, that answer. Yes, please do. Out. So, so let me kind of set the seed a little bit. So if you go to a large enterprise and I'm talking, you know, one of our customers, Prudential, for instance, has 65,000 employees, right? So what you typically find in an organization of that size, and even when, you, when you're looking at organizations of, you know, 500 users upward, 500 employees upwards, you're typically seeing that an employee has to switch between, on average, 35 business critical applications over a thousand times a day. And what you often see is that, is a, is a process that needs to be carried out within an organization, might start in one application and then traverse to multiple applications. And all of those applications will have a different set of support experiences, will have a different set of chatbots, will have a different set of knowledge base articles, will have a different UI, will have a different help desk. And then you've got this overwhelmed employee that's sandwiched in between all of this, trying to understand what they need to do to complete their job, to complete a process across this myriad of applications that no one really trained them how to use, or they might have done, you know, a bit of classroom training and then they've forgotten 75% of what they've learned, you know, the day after or something so it's on the backdrop of all of that then you apply the pandemic to it and then organizations accelerated the digital transformations to maybe enable people to work from home maybe they you know had to provide remote services for what the organization does and they had to do that quickly in order to survive so you've got you know 10 years worth of digital transformation happening in two years and and I can absolutely guarantee no one sat down and thought about that strategically and thought about what the employee experience was going to be like in that rapid transformation that happened. So you've got a, a, you're almost a perfect storm of an overwhelmed employee already, then accelerated by the pandemic with a, this, this whole host of new technology applied. 
and then you've got organisations left wanting, and you see that in the in the um, in the report where you see that people are spending six hours a day trying to use applications, and then over you know they're wasting three weeks a year looking for actual support. So to sort of you can then come onto and set the scene around. Well, how do I measure that? And I can I can I can come onto that as well. Yeah. Well, actually, why don't we why don't we talk about that then? Because I mean, in the report, it obviously talks about and measuring uh, that side of it and, and the values of it. Why are so few businesses? Consider what I was interested with in the report. It talks about beyond that one to two year period. So many, yeah. so few businesses actually continuously measuring and that really surprised me as a stat because i just would have thought that would be a given that you know you've you've invested this money in this tech i know i know you have the the excitement of we've we've invested this and people are using it and adopting it uh, and you've got that initial excitement but then after that one two year period were you surprised by that 12 percent? and can you just kind of elaborate it on your thoughts as to the reasons behind that so surprise, no. The report that you're referring to is the is the Pulse report in that particular one, where the measurement drops off dramatically, drops off the edge of a cliff. You know, once the project, once these projects, once these technologies go live, and it's because historically the employee experience has been difficult to manage. Now, and why is that? Well, if you've if you put it into the context of these business applications I talked about, where you've got 35 business critical applications, the vendors of those applications are concerned about their world. They're not concerned about the end-to-end process. Like, you know, if you look at a hire-to-retire process or a procure-to-pray process that starts in one app and moves to multiple applications, they're all different vendors. So they've all got different ways of reporting data. They've all got different lenses they look at it through. So if you're a business leader, you can't get a holistic view of the employee experience. So you set off with these lofty aspirations of, you know, reducing navigation burn or reducing productivity burn or reducing rework, but you can't actually measure it because you might be able to get some data in one application and parts of data in another application. And then what what we do with organizations around that measurement criteria is actually allow them to measure that employee experience holistically across all of those applications by building objectives and key results that that measure things that matter within their organizations. And we talk about metrics that matter. So turning usage metrics into useful metrics. And I can, I'll, in a, you know, in a couple of moments, I'll dig into what is productivity burn and what is navigation burn? How do you actually measure that? But the reason people don't measure it is because they haven't had the tools, they haven't had the holistic view across all the apps to measure it. So for want of a better phrase, they give up essentially. And then, you know, the initial enthusiasm around, well, we've deployed this great technology, it's cost us millions, let's create this lofty aspiration of reducing rework to down to 1% or something disappears because everyone realizes it's too hard. Yeah. And I guess linked to that, one of the things that we often come across when we're talking about measurement, data, analytics, ROI, is that businesses and HR teams find it, some businesses and HR teams find it quite difficult to get get this sort of information. So, you know, I just want you to kind of reflect on whether you think that because this stuff can start to be measured a bit more, you, you're getting the attention of people like the finance people, the, the bean counters, the people who are measuring productivity. And is this, is this an opportunity, I guess, for HR employee experience teams to start saying, actually, look, the value that we've got here means that we can start to evidence the investments that we're making and then justify potentially more 
investments made in tech. Yeah, in short, I, I absolutely do. And it's a win-win really, because if you're a business leader, you want to measure objectives and key results that drive top line growth, you know, drive, drive, you know, drive bottom line growth. If you're a HR leader and you're on the cold face of the employee experience, you want the employee experience to be improved. And they're not necessarily aligned to those two goals. And I think having the met having metrics that allow you to visualize all of that and prove all of that it's a win-win for both the employee because they get better experience and it's a win for the business because they're they're, they're saving cost ultimately and i just want to pick up on what both of you have said there because i was equally as surprised by that statistic about the longevity i guess of return on investment measuring and i just i guess there's two things that spring to mind for me one is why is that um maybe it's because and we just move on to the next thing. It's like, right, all that big effort to put that tech in, we've got to move on to something else now. I'm not saying that's the right thing, by the way. Um, and who ultimately cares, i.e., on whose radar is it to try and measure the return on investment? Is it HR? Is it CFO? Is it CEO? Or, you know, what level of attention is, is that getting? Yeah. And I just wonder, Andrew, what your thoughts are in particular around how we might change that. Because only if only 12% continue to measure success outcomes one to two years post-implementation, I mean, that is a ridiculously low statistic anyway, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. yeah, not sure much could... further you can go down from there, to be honest. So I just wondered what your thoughts were on how <laughs> we change worse. that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely can't get any worse, yeah. So I'll tell you what, rather than let me keep alluding to how we measure it, I'll, I'll talk about how we measure it, and I think it will shed some light on how that can change things. Right. So often we talk, to to organizations about things like productivity burn navigation burn measuring we rework and then so what do we mean by that so when we when we talk about navigation burn in its crudest form it's people clicking around complex applications trying to figure out how to do something and then when we talk about productivity burn you often find and you see this in the report statistics they go off on what we call the digital safari to try and find help for something and they might start life off in an application it could be workday it could be salesforce it could be sapariba it could be sage it could be you know whatever it is um and you know all of these enterprise applications are all complex right so they, they, they go into the app and then they navigate somewhere else to, to a sharepoint site to try and find support they read a you know a two-page to 20-page document on how to do something and then they come back into the app and then they try to do it and then they get it wrong so you've got a massive rework team so if you look at one of our again one of our our customers they wanted to have a, a measurement criteria and a goal to reduce rework so you know if we put this into context of this particular organization, they've got 65,000 licenses of our solution. They had a goal to reduce rework to 5% from 9%. So they were basically, they they had a group of people responsible for fixing data, putting data right after someone entered it incorrectly. And they had a goal to reduce rework, but they had no way of tracking that. So they had no, no ability in the actual tool to track it because the vendor's not going to tell you that the product's not being, that, you know, their product's not being used very well. They're not going to tell you that people are wasting time spending hours and hours and hours using the product. What they'll tell you is you've had 96% of your employees log in. Brilliant. You know, it's it's a usage statistic. It's not a useful statistic. So what we did with that, that organization is we set up an OKR, an objective and key result to track the actual processes in this particular application that was causing a problem. And then we reduced the rework by delivering guidance and help in the flow of work in bite-sized chunks. So I often describe it as as like sat-nav, 
you know, we are the sat nav of enterprise applications. So for instance, you know, you would never print out the instructions to to drive to a destination anymore and try and read them as you're driving. You just point the car in the direction of the arrows. And that's what we do basically as a digital adoption platform. So through that support in the flow of work, we got their rework down to 2.2% and saved them on one process, 27,220 hours across 65,000 users. And if you extrapolate that across the organization, it's a huge time saving. So you've got a few things going on. You've got people looking for support. And it's saying here in this report from the YouGov data, people are spending three weeks a year looking for support. You've then got the amount of time they're consuming that, and we can get that down from hours to minutes and, and actually be able to track it. So. It's a roundabout answer to your question, but basically what we can do is give you a window into what is actually taking the time, where the inefficiencies lie. Is it because the process is complicated? Is it because people are going off on a digital safari to find support? And you can bring that support in the floor of work in bite-sized chunks, and then you can measure it. And then basically what tools like ours allow you to do is really pinpoint where all that time is being wasted because you can see it and you can benchmark it and then you can drill into it and continue to refine it so it's about giving people the tools to take those measurements yeah and i guess one of the biggest challenges is as you just said andrew knowing exactly where the problem is because that problem might be different for me to you to, to chris you know i'm going through a talent review i might be going through a performance review i don't do it very often i might remember the first part of the process but you might remember the last part so, so we'll each have different points yep. i guess in that end-to-end piece where we'll get stuck so yeah really knowing where the challenges are and then i guess uncovering that hidden cost of productivity in some shape or form because you know it's a cost because you're not being productive but you can't yep. pinpoint the why yeah really yeah, important exactly and, and what what you know what a digital adoption platform will do regardless of you know which dap vendor you go with you don't have to remember how to do something because it's designed to d- deliver that that support in the flow of work and if you if you deliver support in the flow of work users are nine times more likely to resolve an issue themselves rather than having to call for support call for help yeah no, absolutely. Um, and you talked about navigation burn there. And, and I go in the report, you talk about kind of context switching, you know, things that take you out of what you were doing. Massive, yeah, um, massively important. And, and I just wonder whether that context switching, that navigation burn, do you think that's one of the main drivers behind the fact that, you know, more and more employees, and it was one in, one in five, I think, in your report, are just getting frustrated. They're more frustrated now than they were pre-pandemic with applications in their businesses. <laughs> So the pandemic hasn't helped. And it's like I touched on earlier where I said, you know, organizations were scrambling to just deploy technology to enable stuff to work. And they didn't really consider the employee experience. And your employees are your most important assets in an organization. It's one of your biggest costs. It's one of your, you know, you can, and a motivated employee can massively have an impact on the organization. Whereas a demotivated employee is probably spending 20% of the time looking for a new job or something. So if you can actually, what they what employees want to do is do the job they don't want to spend time figuring out how to do the job so if you can enable them to do the job more efficiently more and more quickly without having a headache of figuring out you know something that should be simple has become complex that that needs to be simplified and that the pandemic hasn't happened because of just the nature of speed to deliver solutions to enable organizations to work hasn't helped and i think what we're seeing now is employee experience is becoming a a board level conversation, just like cybersecurity a few years back became a board level conversation. The employee experience is now becoming that. 
Can I just ask a quick question? So how many businesses, and perhaps not the businesses that you work with, but do you think how many businesses are, because what you've talked about and some of the stats that you've given and in terms of the hours that are being lost, and again, overall, as the report's titled, The Hidden Cost, how many businesses do you think are actually effectively drilling down and being able to calculate this level of productivity loss losses is it is it a small minority and obviously you'd say well a large number of the clients that we, customers that we work with we're able to support them but from a general perspective maybe even from from outside AppLearn's perspective how many businesses do you think and i'm talking mainly i guess big businesses where you've got large sets of data are you know able to drill down this deep into the information and to be able to properly assess what our productivity gains are or where our navigation burn is and, and how do we fix that? It'll be in single digits, single digit percentages for me. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see that, you know, if you looked at all the, you know, if you if you bucketed global enterprises above, you know, like, I don't know, 10,000 10, employees or something, I wouldn't be surprised to see that only two or 3% can actually, you know, track this information. If you look at the the Pulse report that we did, and you look at the, the, that 12%, Emma, you mentioned before, you know, there's an example of not many businesses do it, actually doing it. And if you look at the, you know, the, the amount of time employees are spending navigating for support, looking for support, again, that's another inference into that. And then if I look at it in, in terms of my own experiences here at AppLearn, when we talk to organizations and we, you know, we're speaking to hundreds of organizations, you know, in, you know, across the course of a year, they're not doing it. If I look at our experiences and look at what the data is telling us, you know, they're not doing it because they've not been able to do it. And as organizations get larger, the problem exponentially grows because you've got departmental silos. You've got thousands of applications in an organization and no one ultimately worrying about it holistically because it's too much of a headache. So if you can if you can layer a technology across all of them and join up all the dots, you know, the savings are, are eye-watering in terms of time that can be saved and then you know, ultimately allows organizations to even become more efficient hire less people save cost etc and then and then re the retention rates will increase as well because you're not going to get as much employee churn because they'll be happier as well so like i said it's a win-win for the business and the employee just reflecting on what you were just talking about there andrew and the requirements you've got teams working in silos and things like that and i was just wondering whether or not businesses are looking more at developing almost cross-functional teams or even teams of their own, um, number crunches, data analytics teams to be able to solve this and whether or not you think that is a that is an answer and the way forward, you know, when you, as, as I mentioned earlier, when you've got this am amount of data that you need to analyze and you need perhaps a focused team or collective of individuals to then to then zero in on that. Do you think that is the way forward? Do you think more businesses are going to start looking at that than already do? Or even the question I guess I have is, do you see lots more organisations that have these analytics teams in place? Okay, so it's a uh, it's a bit of a meandering answer to this because it's a complex it's a it's it's a complex question that one, and there's kind of multiple facets yeah. to it. So so. We are seeing more and more enterprise organizations. So, you know, if you're getting up to an organization with 100,000 employees, there will be an analytics team in there and they will be trying to figure out some of this. But on that point, they're not necessarily employee experience experts. They might be number crunchers. They might be data scientists, you know, business business um, yeah. BI, BI experts type of thing. And they're not thinking about it in terms of 
the employee experience, not think, thinking about it in terms of digital adoption or digital transformation. So then, um, so then the other side of it is if they have got a team, that team it probably are doing other things as well. So it isn't the day job. So again, you've got a scenario where you might, you know, we often speak to organizations and they'll go, well, you know, they might be a software vendor actually that wants to embed our application into their solution. And they'll, you know, you get off the question, well, why can't we develop it ourselves? And, it, and it's that, that age old buy versus build type scenario. You know, if you've got a, a business like ours that are focused on this as a problem space and we understand it intuitively, that, you know, we're focused on it, we're innovating, we're iterating the product, you're going to get a better outcome than a team that's doing it a percentage of their time because they're being they're being asked to do other things and not necessarily focused on it and ultimately it ends up costing you more because you're not you're not drilling in on on the problem space as much as you should do or maybe don't have the know-how and i guess sort of build on what you said there andrew it's knowing what data points to correlate to solve the challenge or, or to answer your question around well why is our experience x and i love that in the report you know you summarize it by talking about how do you use a technology which see you, you do that with your product you know you're looking at what points um make it easy for people that in app you know support the sentiment analysis which you might get from an engagement platform elsewhere and yeah. then tying that back to your your business objectives and kpis or i guess if you flipped that from an analytics point of view what are my business challenges what's the issue that i'm i'm facing with here um so yeah it's a capability question i, I agree and yeah, you can get the numbers from your data scientists, but you also need the context. And some of that's just business understanding, isn't it, as much as anything? But, but as well, you know, something else has just it's come to mind there. You, so you need, the, you need the, the numbers, you need the context, you need the business understanding, then you need to be able to do something about it. Mm, yeah. So you might be able to say, you know, your analytics team internally might be able to go, you know, we're wasting 27,500 hours on spending on rework on this particular application. Great. But then what are you going to do about it? So you need to be able to then inject an intervention to that employee base to then reduce that time. And you might find you've got a data team that will give you the data points, but then you haven't got a tool to actually make a change, make a difference. And the two are inextricably linked. You know, what, what we do with our platform and what, you know, you should look for with any DAP is a data-driven platform that actually identifies the problem, but then allows you to use that data to deliver an intervention at the point of need that's contextually aware for that user group and then reduces the problem in the first place and then the, you know you need both really so we touched on earlier andrew just building on what you said there about measurement in that not many organizations continually look to measure the long-term impacts so if you're making an intervention i guess it's also ensuring that you go back perhaps using your dap and, and, and other solutions to see the impact of the intervention that you've just made using those insights that we just talked about so it goes back to that kind of circle i guess that yep. virtuous circle of define the problem come up with the intervention but make sure you constantly measure it yeah exactly and and you would build in our platform or other dap platforms you would look to build an okr an objective and key results that is linked to a particular process that's causing you a problem a process that the data is telling you is causing a problem and you would set a measurement criteria in there to say you want to reduce it from x to y and then you would deliver insights into that process and then you would watch those those statistics go down or up or you know whatever you kind of you know, you've set for instance and then um 
You can also benchmark how you're performing, or you should look to benchmark, you should look for a vendor that allows you to benchmark how you as a business is performing against a similar organization in a similar vertical on a similar application and go, well, actually, the, you know, the average time to complete change job process or a procurement process is seven minutes in this application. You guys are taking 24 minutes. You know, what's going on? And then you've got an opportunity saving there as well. And that's some data you should look, you should look to. So, yeah, you would build a unique objective around. Brilliant. So we're just coming towards the end of the podcast. And I just wanted to, I guess, get, let you, Andrew, just to have the, the final word, if you like, on uh, at the end of the report, you talk about um, just a few bits of advice that you could be giving or, or that businesses should be thinking around listening to employees, gather intelligent data points, continually review your technology investments. Can you just reflect on those just as we uh, wrap up today? And then if there's if there's one thing you want our listeners to to leave with today what would it be right okay yeah so i think emma you touched on on the summary of it really so chris you kind of touched on a few points there but emma i think you talked about it being an iterative process and you're going round a loop it's a journey you know the employee experience is a journey it's it's very cheesy statement to me this is not a destination right it's a journey not a destination but you know but it but it absolutely is you know you first of all you'd look to discover and you you know you'd put a product and in, in a discovery mode and it'll tell you where all the problems are and then you'd implement some interventions to implement that change you measure it again and then you go around that loop continually the kind of one thing that i'd like organizations to to kind of come away with is that that employee experience the true employee experience you know not what not Log, number of logins someone's actually do, you know making in, in an application the true experience you know how much time people are spending wasting navigating applications burning their time on on things and there's a great analogy around it you know formerly on pit stop the idea is to get in the pits and out of the pits and not spend spend too long in there and it's a little bit similar you know you want to go in to the app do your job get out and carry on with with, with the rest of your day so that employee experience is super important and the tools exist now to allow organizations to measure it. They didn't previously. They do now, not only to measure it, but to do something about it. And that's you know, what I'd want the listeners to come away with and go, right, okay, the, you know, a digital adoption platform allows that, allows you to solve that problem that was unsolvable before. Yeah, taking away that pain from, uh, from employees for that. Uh, you know, multi-app approach and things like that. But no, Andrew, it's been absolutely fascinating to get your insights today and to talk about the white paper. As I said at the beginning of the show, we'll of course put a link to the white paper in our podcast notes and when we message this out on social media as well. Um, It's been lovely to have you on. Thank you very much. Thank you. And as always, partner in crime, Cato to my green hornet, um, Ems, always lovely to have you on. Thanks, Chris. And thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Uh, everyone. We can get get you, you can get this podcast on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, and you can also access the Lace back catalogue of all podcasts on www.lacepartners.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.